Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team to left center deep god brewers lead it and a swing and a miss he struck him out down the line and that's the ball game hello everybody and welcome to the brewers unfiltered podcast we are alive and so are the brewers they've been making some moves lately so tim dillard and i have come out of hibernation he's in nashville so my hibernation is deeper up here And we are going to talk a little bit about uh, the moves the Brewers have made, including like a pretty seismic shakeup in the front office, and then a couple of very notable trades in the last week. And I thought we'd start by just uh, saying, well, hello. Hi, Tim. Hey, Adam. What's going on, man? Did you go to the winter meetings? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, a week in San Diego. Oh, can't beat that. (laughs) No, it's the best venue for the... So the winter meetings like rotates through several venues. Orlando is a big one. Nashville, it's been in Vegas. Um, And San Diego is the best venue. Hmm. It's in this Hyatt. The the lobby is like expansive, but not so big. You can't find anybody. The media workroom is like literally right off the lobby. So it's convenient for the media, which is the most important thing. And it's San Diego, which is amazing. Is it is it the hotel that's next to the field? Where everybody stays? No, it's further. It's down by the Seaport Village. Oh, okay. So it's the Hyatt, the one that has, for people who've been to San Diego, it has like these green roofs. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. So it it made me think about the time I saw you at the winter meetings. I know. (laughs) I'm surprised you remembered. Shopping for a job at the time, right? (laughs) I got one too. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being in the lobby and seeing you and you handed me a business card. And what did it say? Yeah, it said Tim Dillard, RHP, right-handed <laughs> pitcher, and it had my phone number. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I actually ended up getting a job. I you know, got done, and the, and the brewers didn't sign me back, and I mean, it was, I'm 45 minutes from the Upri land, which is, let's be honest, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a city, it's right? Huge. Like it's an indoor city. It's a huge place. That's where it is next year. Yeah. Oh, is it really? It is. Yeah. So you can come in. We'll... Uh, we'll- <laughs> We'll meet at the bar for a drink, but that means figuring out which of like the eight bars we need to meet at. All right. That is incredible. I didn't know it was going to be there. Maybe I'll, hopefully I won't be there asking for a job. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how this pod goes. Yeah. Good times. Who, who is that when the Rangers signed you? No, um, I actually, I talked to Tom Flanagan. He was there with the Brewers and I was like, Hey man, sign me back. And he was like, we can't. He's like, we're full, blah, blah, blah. And I stood in the same spot because it was very strategic. And I stood there for three days straight 
uh, for seven hours a piece. So I'd come in the morning and I'd stay for seven hours and I'd leave and go home and did that for three days. And I was literally about to walk out the door the last day and Flanagan just comes whipping around going, good, you're still here. He's like, something's going on. I think we have a chance to sign you back. I was like, what? That's yeah, really 2015. Cool. Wow. Yeah. It's a dying art. Back in the day, that's kind of what you did to get a job sometimes, especially for coaching staff, right? If you're a guy that has a name in the game, that was something that you did. Uh, but I talked to everybody. I saw Luis Gonzalez uh, with the Diamondbacks. I saw Gabe Kapler when he was with the Dodgers. Yep. Um, saw everybody and just started handing out these business cards. And everyone's like, oh, so you're a coach now. And I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> I rode up the I'm escalator uh, the other day with Gabe Kapler. They had this manager's breakfast oh. at the winter meetings, which is actually really nice. Where like everybody puts away their phones and it's just uh, it's the media, the uh, the PR people and the manager. We all spend so much time together, but rarely do we like sit down for a meal. So they had a breakfast. Wow. But anyway, on my way up there, I rode up the escalator with Kapler. And it was the morning that Aaron Judge signed with the Yankees. Oh. And he looked exhausted yeah. and sad. And he's like, hey, how, how are you? And I go, I'm, I'm good. How are you? He's like, uh. <laughs> it was rough. He's never I looked, think they he's really never thought looked they exhausted. Were he's really yeah. head to toe. Yeah. Kidding? Yeah. Um, no, it was a, uh, but it, but it was a good meetings. And it's funny, like when you, you say going to, because I have memories of seeing you at that winter meetings in Nashville. I remember Cecil Cooper was there looking for a job. Yeah. And, uh, I also remember for whatever reason, running into Jody Garrett, the former Brewers outfielder. And he had yeah, like, I think I saw Jody there. He had like gotten into the business of helping players like manage finances, which I thought was a really cool angle to get in. Yeah. Derek Turnbow kind of did that too. He went at the winter meetings that, that day. Um, our rain, uh, one of our, one of our national writers, Jesse Sanchez flew to San Diego with Derek Turnbow this week. Really? He's in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. his kids. And he asked him a question about like, Hey, you know, how did you throw your curveball or something like that? And the guys in Derek Turnbow's kids, like he said, his eye, their eyes got real wide and they were like, this guy knows our dad. But I mean, Derek Turnbow still, he stands out. So yeah, he's still in the game. Oh, yeah. Do you still have the long hair? I don't know. I, we didn't get that far. And I didn't oh, okay. see him. I was hoping to see him. He's a guy I've oh. tried to track down for stories and haven't been able to find him. He's elusive. Yeah. <laughs> Not the guy. I never thought I would hear him described that way. Okay. We've talked about lots of winter meetings things. But let's actually talk about yeah. like baseball and what the, the brewers have done because <laughs> it's okay. We'll get through it. It's been yeah. a, it's been pretty active on the trade front for the brewers. Um, they've picked up obviously William Contreras, the catcher in a big trade on Monday with the Brewers, Braves and A's. They got Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro in a trade with the Mariners uh, in the Colton Wong deal. They made a trade with the Angels. We'll, we'll kind of go through some of those one by one, Tim, as we go through the pod. But just in general, when you sit back and we're looking at what, the two months into the offseason, basically, what are your thoughts about the the, off, the Brewers offseason as a whole and sort of what you think about what their strategy looks like so far. Wow. Um, I mean, I honestly haven't been paying that close attention um, because there's been no really big headlines. The biggest headline was Stearns stepping down <laughs> or stepping aside or yeah. wherever he walked, but, and Matt Arnold coming to the forefront. So then it's like, okay, well, where's the big splash coming after that? And it, it just kind of hasn't happened, but I would say that William Contreras is a big deal, and all Brewers fans can probably know that they probably got the better Contreras. <laughs> they yeah, I don't want the other one. 
but I, I think that's bigger than what people are going to realize. I think I think they're going to see it come to fruition um, as the season unfolds. But I don't know. I, I, I was surprised. I wasn't surprised that Hunter Renfro didn't come back. Um, that's $10 million. It's a tough one. Uh, but I was surprised they got uh, they traded Colton Wong. Yeah. And I'm surprised they picked up Jesse Winker. But Winker's actually a really good hitter at American Family Field. That was kind of the whole big thing. And he kind of had a down year. Um, so for him to bounce back, that could be huge. So I don't know. And I bet Adrian Hauser's happy that Winker is now on his team. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thought. Well, we'll, let, we'll get into that, but but let's start here. Oh, did I did I jump ahead? N- n- no, there's no jump. You know, this is just, we can no do jumping. whatever we want. Okay. Tim. We it. can go back to talking about the Opperland Hotel, if you'd really like. It's nice this time of year. Because <laughs> it's indoors. <laughs> uh, but the, I think that, you know, the, the, the this three-team trade really, I think, captured everyone's imagination for a bunch of different reasons uh, yesterday. It was a huge trade, nine players involved, three team trades that don't happen every day. And, you know, you hate to say this because it's going to be on, you know, cold takes later, but, like, the Brewers look like they did really well. They gave up a, a really good young outfielder, Asturi Ruiz, a speed burner. Speed is going to be a big part of the game moving forward, we think, with the rules changes. Yep. Um, but, you know, the fact is he was, like, maybe fifth on the death chart if you start lining up these young outfielders that the Brewers have, uh, it, you, know, tr- you know, going towards the major leagues. So it was definitely from a position of strength. And I think when I first got the names in the deal, my first thought was, well, wait, wait, there's got to be another Brewers piece going somewhere. And then that name never came. Um, mm-hmm. It was just Asturi Ruiz for five years of William Contreras. Um, Joel Pyomps, a major league reliever. And a, a younger reliever who's in the minor leagues. And it just seemed like Matt Arnold got a lot for one guy. Um, just sort of initial thoughts on what you think William Contreras is going to bring to this team. Well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit with Ruiz. My first thought when, you know, he was only here for the, with the Brewers for a little while and then, yeah. you know, kind of here and gone. It reminded me a lot of Matt Laporta when the Brewers got Matt Laporta first rounder, and then they trade him away to Cleveland real quick to get Sabathia. And it also reminded me of Lewis Brinson. Brewers picked him up big trade and then they, you know, put clumped him together and trade him. And that happened to Brinson a lot. So I think, I think a lot of times when you're, when your value is really high, even though you really haven't done anything yet, you're just, they know you're going to be a good player. Um, instead of saying, okay, we'll take a chance and see where they fit in. It's like, no, like trade them now while their values high and get something for them. And I think that was the whole point. Um, if you have those kind of pieces and man, get, get someone like, uh, William Contreras, all-star catcher at 25 years old or 24, isn't he? 25 20? on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Brewers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one thing that stood out to me, which which I started digging into the numbers, like what are the Brewers trying to do here? Yeah. Um, and, and what are they good at? And what they were best in baseball last year was pitches per plate appearance. And Connor Dawson um, is big on that. See how many pitches you can see. The Dodgers were second, Giants third, Yankees fourth, Padres fifth, Braves sixth. Well, who comes into play there? That's Contreras. He, um, I think he saw over four pitches per at bat, and that was really good. It was um, 
it's high on the list. I started looking at people that see the most pitches. Uh, Winker is ninth. So I think what they're trying to do is get guys that go up there and be patient at the plate, know how to work a count, because that's how you, you know, that's, that's kind of the philosophy of the team, I think, at this point. So that's what I saw. I was like, you know, it's not, it's more than just a guy that can hit. It's about who he's hitting. So he actually hit left-handed pitching really well too, batted over 350. So uh, the Brewers definitely need some help <laughs> hitting left-handed pitching. So yeah, it's so a that's, good one. I think it's bigger than what people are going to realize. That's what I was looking at. You talked about what do the Brewers do well. I, I, as a writer, looked at the opposite way. What do they do poorly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glass, glass half, half empty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what yeah. do they do poorly last year was hit lefties. And this has been an yeah. issue for a couple of years. Last year, they were 22nd in baseball in weighted runs created plus against lefties. So that's, you know, again, we're getting into like that mean? the I alphabet mean that soup. Means. It's just... <laughs> In talking to like smart baseball people, it's a really good stat to measure. Well, smart baseball people besides you. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a really good uh, method to, to measure offensive production because it accounts for the ballpark you're hitting in. It accounts yeah. for the era you're hitting in if you're comparing past and present. Um, so it basically gives you like how good is this guy compared to everybody else he's playing against. And it makes it so that you can almost do it as a percentage. So a 92 weighted runs created plus where 100 is sort of even means that the Brewers were 8% worse than average against lefties. So anyway, in other words, they were below average against lefties and it's a way to kind of quantify that. And it yeah, was 20 well, seconds in baseball. I said they didn't do well against lefties. Well, I'm we trying to give said... you a number to try, you know, I'm trying to give <laughs> oh, yeah, you a yeah. number here. Not just my opinion. Here's one that doesn't numbers. require as much math. They were 26th in slugging against left-handers. Yeah. The other well, area, there's a reason there's another there's a reason that all these teams that had to get past the Brewers to get into the playoffs started picking up left-handed starters. To- like absolutely. You, you could, I mean, if if you're trying to make the playoffs and you got to go through the Brewers, the first thing you should do is go pick up every left. And the starter. Cardinals That's, said that's what they yeah. did when they picked up Jose Quintana. Oh, I love genius. that they just came out and said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other area where I thought about is like catchers. So Omar Narvaez came to the Brewers as an offense, you know, a hitter. And he left as this like defensive specialist. It's an incredible transformation based on Charlie Green's work with him, Walker McKinvin in the big leagues. I mean, even like Chris Hook and, and Pat Murphy in the big leagues. So they, they turned him into a really good defensive guy, but he didn't hit. So the Brewers were, they actually were pretty high. So again, war is not perfect. I'm not trying to say it's perfect, but like Fangrass version of war is it helps approximate how teams value players. The Brewers were actually 12th, the Brewers catchers. We're 12th in F4, which kind of surprised me. But offensively, weighted runs created plus 78. So in other words, they were more than 20% below average. Uh, and 21st in slugging. So they bring in a guy, Contreras, who, as you said, really mashes against lefties. 934 OPS in his career against left-handers. 400 on base in his career against left-handers. So, you know, if he would have been a Brewer last year, he would have been the Brewer's best hitter. And that's kind of the bottom line. So I think... It gets back yeah. to what you said, Tim, like this is a really impactful pickup and it's kind of cool how it came together in a three-team deal where the Braves upgraded themselves with Sean Murphy, a, gr- a really good catcher. And Contreras was a guy sort of on the outside and the Brewers were able to kind of swoop in and make that trade work. Well, one thing I thought was interesting looking at William Contreras's numbers, he was only hit by one pitch last year. <laughs> <laughs> so his brother hasn't rubbed off on him too much. That's funny that they're in the same league. So that'll be a good spring training storyline, especially because the teams are so close. 
I wonder if they'll like state, are they going to be spring training roommates? Maybe. We'll have to, you know. We'll have to I get, haven't, I haven't talked to him yet, Adam. <laughs> I don't know. No, none of us have. Of but, course they would. Why wouldn't they? You know, house, maybe they hate house. each other. I don't know. No, we know maybe. they don't hate each other. They hit back to back in the All-Star game starting lineup. Wilson was the starting catcher and William was the DH for the National League. So they hit sixth and seventh. So, and they do love each other very much. There's another Contreras brother as well we need to get into. We'll have to ask some questions and find out what he's doing. I think an older brother. You want me to add on? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, no, I'm just trying to give you. <laughs> yeah, this is breaking news. I don't know. I'm just trying to give you the full William <laughs> yeah. Contreras uh, story. Yeah. Snapshot. Polaroid. All right. Um, the other thing is they they picked up another bullpen arm. And I, you know, I keep writing that I think their biggest need going in is the bullpen. Yeah. Because they're if they're going to be a pitching and defense team, um, the bullpen is going to be such a big part of that. And they have Devin Williams, obviously, who can close and has closed. And then they have but like, they lost some guys. They lost some guys with experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, you know, Joel Piomps is probably not the name a lot of people focused on, but he's coming off his best year in the big leagues. Um, a righty and he gets into this mix with some of the other pitchers they picked up in trades um, including a guy named Javi Guerra they got in a little trade with the Rays early on who's a converted infielder who's now throwing hard as a reliever and has some really interesting stat casty kind of numbers so I don't know just in general Tim where's the bullpen in in your sort of what's next is is, is that something you're thinking about for Matt Arnold to look at next well, you're starting to look around and see all the moves and people that they're getting. It's just right-handed reliever, right-handed reliever um, across the board. And I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to stack as many guys and then see what shakes out. What what we saw last year, Peter Strzelecki coming to the forefront. Yeah. Hobie Milner um, was just the man. And he just was. He was fantastic. That'd be a good T-shirt. Um, yeah, <laughs> is the man. <laughs> Hobie won Kenobi. Um, I, I think they have arms, but they, they're going to need more. They, every year you need bullpen guys. That's why I got a job so many years is because yeah. they were like, if 40 people get hurt, Dillard will get called up, you know, and that's just, <laughs> but you have to be there. And what I think too, is he's trying to get as many arms as he can, because I think that could be that when it comes down, you know, the way the brewers work. When they need to trade something, what do they have a lot of? It's going to be bullpen arms. Mm -hmm. They're going to trade those guys away. We saw it before. We saw it um, whatever year when it was uh, um, uh, Fire Eisen, right? Like yeah. he was doing amazing. They ship him off to the Rays, which did you see that? Or did you tweet that? Like only like a couple hours ago, they DFA'd JP Fire Eisen. So people are thinking he may come back to the Brewers. And it may have already happened by the time anybody listens to this because I have no idea. Hmm. He's, when had, this he's is going had some out. injuries. Yeah, Ra oh, Drew well, Rasmussen has turned out to be the yeah, best and Drew, pitcher. In yep. So, like, you know, at the time, you're going, you're getting rid of these guys? Like, what are you doing? But they always find these guys that can go out there and they're solid. And and I think they say, you know what? What do we do well? We can put a bullpen together. So let's go grab all these good bullpen guys, turn them into stars, and then when we need a piece later on, we'll trade some. And I, I to me, that's what I see when I look down the board and it's, I don't know how to say everyone's name. <laughs> What's Joel's last name? Piomps. Yeah, what you said. Uh, Justin Yeager. Um, who else do I got? Elvis Pagero. Elvis Pagero. Um, trying to think. Gus Varland. I mean, it's just across the board of these uh, these relievers. So Adam Seminaries. He's a left-handed starter, but just getting arms, I think, is is kind of it's smart. They're stocking up. Never know. 
Do you think that they need guys who've closed? Are you a believer that you have to acquire, like the, the, one of the reasons they like bringing Brad Boxberger to camp originally is that he had this experience as a closer. So they trade Josh Hader. They let Boxberger go as a free agent. They have, like I said, Devin Williams, obviously we've seen him close. I don't think they have anybody else who has any extensive experience as a closer. Is that, does that bother you or do you just find those guys? Um, I mean, you look back at most of the guys from last year, they all pitched in high leverage situations. Um, what I think is interesting is Matt Bush is still with the Brewers. He's the oldest player on their team. He's only three years younger than me. <laughs> wow. I mean, he's three years young. Yeah. Um, so I think what they're doing is they're going to rely on a guy like him. We need you to step up. If you're going to be the seventh, eighth inning guy, you need to prove it. And he was. He was that guy last year. Uh, for mm-hmm. the Rangers before he got traded. He was nails. So, you know, maybe got tired towards the end there, but um, you can expect a lot out of him. And if something were to happen where he has to step in in the ninth inning, then he may be that guy. But yep. I think those are the two two guys that you start trickling down um, and start putting in the other pieces. Uh, Strzelecki is going to be huge. Um, uh, Milner, I'm trying to think of everybody else. I think the one of the big losses, honestly, was Suter. Yeah. I mean – you lose Brent Suter, which I mean nobody wants to pitch in Colorado, but he he'll he'll do well. But golly, he was just such a Swiss Army knife and could do everything. Now you're going, well, who's who's going to be that guy? You just never know. Before uh, that trade yesterday, the big trade, and this wasn't a winter meetings trade, but it might as well have been because it was Friday night before we all left for San Diego, was trading Colton Wong to the Mariners hmm. for two guys who had pretty terrible 2022 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro, an infielder, switch hitting infielder who kind of plays all over. Um, what stood out to you about that trade? I think you said you were just generally surprised to see Colton Wong get dealt. Well, I think they're trying, they're making room. Honestly, yeah. I think it's going to be Bryce Terang out of spring training. That's going to be the guy playing second base for the Brewers. I think he should be. I think he was ready last year, um, but you know, they had their guys and the ones that were healthy and they're going to play and they get paid and, uh, yeah, I just, I had messaged Wong after he was back with the Brewers and I was like, dude, I'm so glad you're back. I was like, I love watching you play. And he's like, appreciate it. And then like a few days later, he's gone. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think, I think that's what they're going to try to do. And, and Jesse Winker is a good player. He's a good hitter. He's a proven hitter. He, he didn't have a great year last year, but you got to think if they're limiting the shift and stuff like that he's going to be back to what he was maybe not 2021 he was fantastic in 2021 but um i i think along the lines of william Contreras and what the brewers are trying to do is it's pitches per plate appearance um and last year he was ninth in in seeing the most pitches it was over four so i think they want guys that will fit into the stadium fit into the nl central and will fit into their program and what they're trying to do. So for Winker, Winker, it made sense, honestly. And I mean, look at another left-handed bat, shocker. Uh, and then Abraham Toro, switch hitter. He played like four different positions, first, second, third, right field, DH. Um, I don't think he hit 200, but he's going to be a guy that you can put everywhere. And when you lose Jace Peterson, you're going to need a guy that can just do everything. Yeah, look, we to anyone who wants to like judge that trade now, good luck, go ahead. You can do whatever you want, but it doesn't make any sense to me to do it because you need to see what these guys are this season. I mean, Abraham Toro is an interesting guy because cred council always, we talked about this with Luis Urias 
Council has a real affinity for players who get to the big leagues at a super young age because it shows that you're A, supremely talented, and B, that you probably killed it in the minor leagues. As you moved up, you you answered those challenges, and that means you're a good player. And often then it takes guys a long time to make that final leap. And Abraham Toro has long been like one of the most highly thought of young hitters in baseball, and it's not happened for the Astros and the Mariners in, in the opportunities he's been given. And look, I think Winker is like a fascinating guy. You know, we vote every year on comeback player of the year, and he's like, I mean, if things go right, he has a great chance to be that kind of guy because of how good he was in 2021 for the Reds. Just an offensive force, and Brewers fans know all about that because it feels like he did half of it against the Brewers at American Family Field. Yep. So um, the one thing that is the, the wild card within the wild card is – the neck. He had a neck, uh, he called it a disc replacement surgery. Ouch. Which sounds terrible. And he <laughs> sounds said he was terrible in, coming out of your mouth. Yeah. He said ah. he was in so much pain last year. It clearly impacted his season in Seattle and made a kind of a bad situation worse. And he got that addressed. He expects to be cleared for like baseball activities in about a month, which gives him about a month before camp start to open. And then he has six weeks or whatever to seven weeks to be ready for opening day. So like time's on his side, but that just sounds like a really serious thing to come back from. And, and, you know, there's lots of examples of players who have, you know, neck, spine, back issues. And it, it, it's not like it just goes away. So that'll be, who knows? I mean, he's, we'll just have to keep monitoring the rehab and see what he looks like in, in spring training. And, um, and if he's able to recover, he has a great chance to be a really good player. And it's going to be on Craig council to figure out where to play these guys. Well, I mean, even if he's not ready to play the field, you know, DH, DH. that's fine. He has the power and you know, he can hit for average. So he's a perfect mix to do that. But this goes back to, uh, talking about like the training staff and the medical staff because yeah. they get to review all these records. And yep. so they're not going to sit there and go, hey, this seems really sketchy. We should totally trade for this guy. No, no. <laughs> they're, they're going, this is something he re- can recover from. We talk to him. He's in good spirits. We see the program. This lines up and and that's how they make their decisions. They're not just going to go, oh yeah, we'll just see how it plays out. No, they, they've crossed their T's and dotted their lowercase J's. So they should be fine. On that note, <laughs> Let's take a break, but when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Matt Arnold's impact since he assumed the top spot in the baseball operations hierarchy, plus some of the new members on the pitching staff. So stay tuned. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, we are back. And Tim, as you saw, the Brewers made their Biggest move, I believe, of the offseason early on when David Stearns announced that he was stepping down as president of baseball operations, which cleared the way for Matt Arnold, his longtime lieutenant and his first hire, I believe, after he came to Milwaukee to take over the baseball side of the organization. So 
you know, the, the, that group has stayed the same, essentially. Everybody has just kind of like stepped up a little bit, most notably Matt Arnold into the top baseball operations spot reporting to Mark Atanasio. Were you surprised by that change? Not really. I, I, I would, I'm more surprised that Stearns is not, you know, doing something else, but he's staying there as a, what, a liaison or whatever it is to Ooh, you like know, guide, guide the new regime in that way. And I mean, I was surprised by that. I just assumed he was going to be like, no, I'm going to go to the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> like I think everyone we all speculates. Yeah. Yep. But that's why I'm wearing the Oktoberfest hat. We uh, poured beer together and uh, it was people would at the golf, at the golf thing, X golf at the field. Um, and people would come up and asking him, are you staying here? Are you going to keep Wong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, just let the guy pour beer right deep down. Um, but, but I think, I think he ended up probably will go to the Mets and he, and he should, um, after this, but I think he probably just wanted to take a break, you know, do something less stressful. You don't want to go from a stressful dro- job into another stressful job, right? You want to have that time. So I don't know. It's all speculation, but good news is Matt Arnold is awesome. Um, I told the story on a, a podcast after all the story broke or the radio or something <laughs> radio. And you probably were just talking to your kids over dinner and they were like, can I we was, talk about something else? And they got up and left. <laughs> um, but, but there's multiple times I'd be down in Nelly's corner at the broadcast desk, you know, like the eighth inning or something like that. And we would see, uh, Craig and I would see, uh, Matt Arnold walking around on the concourse on the phone. Like he just, and, and he's like talking on it. He's not talking to, you know, it's not a personal call. It's for the brewers, <laughs> you know, and he, he enjoys that kind of stuff. And, you know, we had him on the podcast. To me, he's perfect. He's done everything in this game. He understands where the game is going uh, and he's excited about it. And it shows too. I mean, he pumps me up just talking to him. So I I mean, the Brewers should, they're they're in good hands right now. Well, I I love Matt Arnold too. It's a a great baseball story too, of a guy who started in kind of game ops for the Dodgers. He's up on, we talked about this on when he was on the podcast, as you said, Tim, you know, he was that guy standing there with the, they did the cap shuffle. He's the guy standing there with the big <laughs> card that said one, two, or three when people <laughs> have to choose. Um, and that that's his start in baseball. And here he is now run, you know, basically GM of a, uh, a major league team, which is a, a really cool story in itself. I think the continuity is really important. The Brewers are in a fascinating, challenging, just really important part in their history right now, the next two years. Because of this Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Willie Adamas, Eric Lauer, Rowdy Telez, Luis Arias, Devin Williams. These guys are inching toward free agency. This is a team that has performed really well over the last five regular seasons. And they want to take that next step. And it's that window. I, you know, If you believe in the, the window theory of, of baseball, the Brewers are trying to extend that window as long as they can. But you know, the glass half empty view again is that that window is closing. And now how do they get this done with this core before it's priced out um, or just gets broken up? Because that's what happens. Not everybody can stay. So it's a fascinating time for a change like that at the top of the front office, a very difficult time for Matt Arnold to navigate. Um, but his, you know, his history with the organization should help him in, in kind of navigating that. I'll say just about David Stearns, like I was surprised that the, at, at how it happened. Um, I thought he would be kind of 
the you know, quote unquote GM, president of baseball ops until he, until he was that somewhere else because he's so highly thought of in the industry. But I can, you can kind of see when you think through how that went down. So I don't know that this is exactly how it went, but my best guess after talking to tons of people at the winter meetings who've kind of been through these things before, he was coming into the last year of his deal. The Brewers wanted to extend him. They wanted to keep him. They, they love what he's done. He's, you know, you could see as someone in his position, he's been here since the end of 2015. There's these other opportunities that are maybe a little higher profile, places close to his heart in, in the case of New York and Houston, which are teams that kind of in some flux. You could understand someone in David Cern's position not wanting to like commit to five more years or something of one place where your club has the opportunity to keep you in place because they paid you this big contract, right? You sign a contract, oh, yeah. you got to fulfill it. Yeah. So then you can see on the other side, Mark Atanasio thinking, okay, I'm coming into this really thorny point of controlling our players. We need someone who's thinking about 2023, 2027, 2030. You have to have a, your GM can't be like year to year, like your, you know, say base coaches are. You need a guy that is part of this long term. And I think it just came to a point where they had to figure out, okay, we're at this, this fork in the road, which direction do we go? And they came up with this, with this solution. I think it's, it, it'll, it'll, it passes. Like it, it, everyone's going, okay, there's going to be a change. If they would have went out and got somebody else, that would have been, that would have been tough all the way around. Sorry, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt, but no, like, no, that no. was the so, smart right. move. You got to stay in house with something special situation like this was. So, yeah, I mean, and look, they still face issues. We think Craig Council's contract is up unless they've done something quietly that we don't know about yet. Um, he's going into a, a, a quote unquote lame duck year. I hate I hate that term, but his last year. We don't really know about Matt Arnold's contract, how long that goes. Um, usually those things are lined up. We don't 100 percent know because they don't like to share that. So there's this is just a very interesting time in Brewers history and a really important season. Um, and look, I think I had the same thought as everybody else. Like this is a step towards David Stern's landing someplace else. And I think probably if you ask me the day that the Brewers made this change, if on December 13th, David Stearns would still be in the organization, I'd say, no, he'd be in Houston or he'd be in uh, New York, as you said, or some, someplace else. And he's not, he's says he's, uh, he's, taking a step back. He, you know, this is a 24 seven, 365 job. He's got young kids. He wanted to kind of take a break. He is definitely part of the conversations of what the brewers are doing. And I think he's going to do that for this year and then we'll see. So a pretty interesting, uh, as, as, um, front office turnovers go, this one was, was pretty fascinating the, the way it played out. So, well, I, I thought he came, it was great coming to the forefront. It's like, we're not getting rid of Woodruff or Burns. Like, yeah, and just just needed someone to say it. <laughs> that was really interesting because that yeah. kind of came up when the Wong trade happened. It was Bob Nightingale who first reported he was hearing that the Brewers were now telling clubs we're not going to deal those guys. And then it was at the winter meetings. Um, Matt Arnold was on with uh, MLB Network, and they kind of asked him about it again. And I, I wrote about this last week. His his answer. He basically did say like, "Look, if we're going to win, which is what we want to do, meaning win the World Series, by the way." we're going to have to do it around these guys. So he basically kind of as, as close to a GM will say, like, I'm not trading these guys. He said, I'm not trading these guys. So I, I don't know, just as long as you've been around baseball, did it surprise you that he would come out and basically say that? 
Well, I, I think guys in the off season, they want to know. And it's like, do I go through my agent? You know, or is, is Woodruff and Burns texting Matt Arnold every five minutes? Like you kind of want to know. You kind of want that peace of mind, especially if you're an elite player like those two guys are. Um, so for him to kind of come out, he probably already told him that, listen, y'all aren't going anywhere. Like enjoy your off season, have a great time, train, get ready, you know, recharge the batteries and come back. Um, it's kind of interesting too. <laughs> so Brandon Woodruff, right, lives in uh, where my parents live. <laughs> and he saw my dad at Cracker Barrel the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he was all the intel me. gets shared yeah. over what is it? They, what is their appetite? Is it like hot buns? No, the biscuits, man. Biscuits, biscuits. Yeah, I, yeah. I, what? I need to go. You I, don't I, go to Cracker Barrel. I've been in my life. I just been a bit. Yeah, I'll have to make it a put it on my list. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what? I said, uh, I said, uh, man, I love those biscuits. And he was laughing. He texted me. He goes. Uh, he goes, I had the mama pancake breakfast and it gets better every time. <laughs> Did he get some intel about Woody and what, what are you thinking? Uh, no, I just, I, so he set up a bullpen kind of in his garage at his house. And, and I told him, I was like, I will come and film this, but I want to catch you yeah. throwing a bullpen um, if you're cool with that. And he was, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try to set that up. I'm probably going to get hurt, but it's going to be for fun. Oh, come on. You're a former <laughs> catcher. You yeah. Can... I don't want to get hurt when it's serious. I want to get hurt when it's for fun. So, uh, that, that's the kind of guy that he is. He's, and you don't, I mean, to be that relaxed in the off season is just great. And, and I think, I think players want that at times. Just, just tell us we're not going anywhere. You know, that way my mind didn't have to chase the rabbit going different directions. And so I, I applauded Matt Arnold. I thought that was a great job to just come out and say it, get it out of the way, move on. Well, he has done a lot on the pitching front. Speaking of pitchers in some of these trades, we, uh, we talked about getting Joel Piompson, the big three-team trade, the reliever. Um, in the Renfro deal, he got three pitchers, Jansen Junk, Elvis Pagero, who have pitched in the big leagues and are part of the Brewers mix kind of for 2023. And then, uh, as you said, a, a younger lefty, Adam Seminaris. Uh, and then a Rule 5 pick for the first time since 2015, the 2015 winter meetings, that the Brewers picked a guy with the intent to keep him. Uh, named Gus Varland from the Dodgers organization. Have you have you dug into any of these guys yet? Any any of those names like intrigue you? Yeah, well, I mean, I looked up the Gus Varland guy, 26 years old, right-handed pitcher. His brother, Louis, uh, Louis, pitches in double-A for the Twins. Yes. And they actually kind of faced off against each other. So um, we talked about the Contreras brothers, and now we're going to talk about the Varland brothers. <laughs> so... Um, but I think the numbers just weren't there. He didn't have great numbers, and the Dodgers couldn't, justify keeping him yeah um but what this alludes to is that the brewers have a pro scout out there this is why you have scouts that when this situation comes up somebody saw him play and goes this guy's better than what his numbers show if we have a chance to get him we're going to get him so uh, there's such a backstory to some of these moves especially rule five there's so much compiling and conversations and uh, they look at the reports and the makeup and they project and they do all this stuff. And so, you know, maybe I don't know what his ERA was. It was maybe five or something like that. You know, maybe it's not what you want, but you can tell the stuff is good because that they wouldn't have gotten him if they were like, okay, we can help this guy. They've well, done he, that with so he, many pitchers. Yeah, he moved to the bullpen in May and then pitched a lot better and threw a lot harder and was throwing 98. And he's, you know, as a starter, a multi-pitch guy. So he, he can carry that into relief, but probably going to be more fastball slider in relief and just kind of let it eat. So, you know, look, 
the, by rule, they have to keep him on the big league roster all year or they have to give him back to the Dodgers. So there's a little bit of, um, you know, they have to make a decision on that in spring training. And it's obviously going to depend on how the rest of the sure. picture looks, the roster picture. But the Brewers have done a great job finding guys, Jake Cousins and Justin Topa and Peter Strzelecki, guys who are not like top, top, top pitching prospects. And they come in and they've done a job for the Brewers. So it's a great landing spot for Gus Varland if he's going to take that next step. Get him into the lab and see what you got. I got to get in the lab. Next year is the year. I thought we were going to go an entire get, podcast without talking about the pitchers. Ah, I want to get in that lab so bad. You know, I pestered uh, David Stearns about that for years, and I'm going to try the new guy. <laughs> here's uh, here's who I like, and you mentioned him. I'm just going to say yeah. really quick. Adam Seminaris is so interesting to me because he came. He's the third guy in the Hunter Renfro deal with the Angels. He's a lefty. Yeah. He doesn't throw hard. And you read about him and it's like, this guy's Brent Suter. Maybe. Like in terms of stuff and like how it looks like how he does it. Um, I'm really curious to see him. Well, one thing that they they all kind of have a correlation with, and I, I would say Adam Seminaries, is that how you say it? I'm just making um, that up. So. Yeah, okay. Well, he what stood out for me is um, in a hundred innings pitch, he went from A ball, double A, triple A, all the way across the board. He only gave up seven home runs. That means he only gave up a home run once every 14 innings. That's impressive. You know, especially if you start playing at the higher levels when, you know, you're playing with the big league ball and you're playing at stadiums where the ball can fly very easily. Uh, that's impressive. And I think when the Brewers are trying to put together bullpens, they look for the three things. This is what the Dodgers look for. When I saw Gabe Kapler at the winter meetings, he, he wanted to know what my strikeouts were, my walks, and my home runs because that's what pitchers can um, get graded on. And so when you see a guy that only, you know, giving up a long ball once every 14 innings, that's pretty impressive. So I, to be a lefty and not throw hard, but also keep the ball in the ballpark. Um, it's good. It's good for the Brewers. All right. Well, we'll do another break. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll finish up. And because there's just two of us, we can't do trivia, which is good for everybody, Aww. but we will wrap things up with a look around the league and a couple of holiday topics. So get your eggnog chilled and we'll be right back. <laughs> Get your eggnog chilled. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Tim, we are back. One last little segment, rapid round. Let's see if we can actually be rapid for the first time in our lives on this thing. Never, never. No trivia, but I've got some questions for you from our friend Ezra Siegel, producer-in-chief. Which player changing teams so far this winter will have the biggest impact? Does it have to be a Brewers player, like coming to the Brewers or leaving? No. No, I would think it's around, I think it's elsewhere around baseball. Oh, elsewhere around baseball. A, pl a player who's had a, a player who's moved in the, um, we're testing your knowledge of the hot stove so far. Yeah. I mean, the, the Verlander thing, comeback yeah. player of the year, guy was amazing, showing no signs of letting up, reunited with Scherzer. Um, and, and just have two pillars. <laughs> that's ridiculous. You know, that that's, should be unfair. But for me, that that's the Mets are going to be really good. I was going to say Justin Verlander, just I think certain 
players have like an an aura. They make players around them better. My sense of it is he's one of those types of guys. I don't know. So I'll say someone else. I'll say Sean Murphy to the Braves. He is a super underrated player because he played out in Oakland. Uh, three years. The Braves have a knack for somehow building this team for like reasonable cost. They get guys to sign for quote. I'm using air quotes to say less because they're making tens of millions of dollars, but they have an incredible core of position player talent. And I, and Sean Murphy fits right into it. So I think that's a huge pickup. There were tons of teams. We talked to Matt Arnold at the winter meetings about how hot the catching market was because so many teams had needs and there were so few Wilson Contreras's, Sean Murphy's available. I saw Christian Vasquez now has also signed. He was one of the names. So it's not um, a long list. And it is a very good thing that the Brewers got that question answered because the, the drop-off is pretty significant after these guys that have moved. So we move on. Here's, here's one that won't require so much thinking for you because I know you're going to have it right off the top of your head. <laughs> your favorite holiday song. And this is again from Ezra Siegel, producer in chief in capital letters and movie. And, and so he movie. wants not just, a, it's not enough to get a song. He wants your movie as well. Uh, movie got to be Christmas vacation. I love that. Movie. Yeah. Watched it with my kids the other day. My youngest didn't care at all. My, my older two were kind of like <laughs> when, when something happens in a movie, it's PG 13 or, you know, a little something older, you look at the kids and you want to know if they got the joke. <laughs> it says a lot where you are when it's parenting and we would watch it and I'd be like, look, kids, a deer. <laughs> um, and I like that song too. Christmas vacay. Uh, but my favorite, right. Does it have to be a theme in the movie or can it be a different song? No, it could be whatever you want. Any Christmas I mean, again, song? this is like, yeah, yeah. I like uh, Darlene love uh, oh, Christmas. Baby, please come home. That, that, that is I, that, such a good choice. I'll listen to that in July. I don't care. It's just a good song. I'll sing too. I'll be, my car will be just so much noise coming out of it. Um, it's such a good song. Well, mine is like super trite because, but it's like the one where literally I turn up the volume is it's it, Mariah is the queen of Christmas. Oh right? yeah. That's yeah. all I want for Christmas. I love, I legitimately love that song. Um, I also love the Christmas shoe song. It makes me like sort of like shed a tear in the car. I didn't know this Christmas shoe song existed. I did a poll the other day and people were like, I was like, what's the worst Christmas song? It's because there's some bad everyone's picked for the worst. I like to just, I like to cry. It feels good. Well, I'd never heard that song and people were writing in going, you've never heard the Christmas shoe. So I had to listen to about four or eight seconds of the song. And I was like, this is tough. This is tough. This is tough with so many things that you could open your ears to it, it. This is not what I'm going to waste my time on. Um, and anyway, if the, the writer of that song is listening, I apologize. It's just, it wasn't for me. It's not, it's not my jam. Mm, I like it. <laughs> I love the, uh, I, I, like I said, I like to cry at Christmas. It's great. Oh yeah. And uh movie, I mean, it, it is, it's for me too. Christmas vacations. It's of course. The one I look forward to watching the most. I did uh, just the other night, watch the Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, musical extravaganza. Spirited. Is it good? It is. I mean, I, I did. I liked it. It was funny. The idea for the plot is like pretty smart and like yeah. a cool twist on the Ebenezer Scrooge story, the Christmas story. Um, Charles Dickens is the Charles word Dick, a, a great <laughs> twist on Dickens. And I enjoyed it. I did not know it was a musical. <laughs> yeah. No, that was all their advertising. Very much a musical. Yeah, yeah, I missed mus- all that. Musical. 
Okay, here we go. Back to baseball. Which Brewers wow. acquisition are you most excited to watch? Um, it's got to be Contreras or, or Winker. I'm actually, I, I kind of want to see how Winker fits in because he was loathed again when he was with the Reds. Like they, nobody wanted to face him. He was red hot all of 2021. Um, made everybody pay. It, it, he, it's like he never got out, and you just okay. All that that you inflicted on the Brewers in 2021. Can you do that for the Brewers in 2023? And that right there could be a huge game changer for the Brewers. I think he's. If you can, the Brewers need average. They need hitters to hit for average, and I think that's what they brought in Winker. And Contreras for because those guys can both hit. So if that happens, um, I, I think that the Brewers are addressing the exact need that they have. I guess I'm going to say Abe Toro. I just think he's still a youngish player. Is he 25 years old? Um, 24, I think. Yeah, he's not. It's not clicked for him in the big leagues. This is his third team. It's kind of like do it or else. I don't know. That's too dramatic, but it's, it's like a, it's an important time for him to like make it work as a big leaguer. Um, he plays all over. So there's going to be opportunity. He switch hits, which even makes it easier to get him in there. So there's going to be a B's for this guy. And you mentioned kind of filling that Jace Peterson role. Good. Jace Peterson at times was like such a great performer for the Brewers. When he got in these little hot streaks, there were periods where he was like one of their best hitters. Um, and because he fit, you could get him in there. So Toro, like uh, the opportunity is right there for him. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not, don't yell at me, anybody. Like I understand he's not performed in the majors. So I'm not trying to like, sh- you know, make him out to be like some superstar, but a guy who made it to the big leagues really young. And, and this is a, a, a great opportunity to, um, to perform. But this is what I love about every season. I played a long time. And what I love is it doesn't matter really what you did before. It's the excitement of what's coming up. And in it, you can totally, if you had a great year, great. That was last year. If you had a bad year, sorry about it. It's last year. It's all about what's coming up. And for the guys that, that you know, underperformed, they're searching to make it right. And, and you love to see it. You love to see those guys figure it out in front of you. And they're having a great time and they make everyone around them better. Uh, because of it, because they're like, I figured it out for a, you know, a stretch, you know, I got better. I made an adjustment. It was the right adjustment. And um, I love that. I love being in the clubhouse when a guy just got red hot or figured something out or was put in the correct position or the you know right spot in the batting order. When something fits, um, it's super sweet. So I, hopefully he'll be the guy that can kind of fill that role. He's also fluent in English, Spanish, and French. That's your See. fun fact. See, I heard that. Okay. Last one, a food staple for you at any holiday dinner. And it has to be food. You can't say, a, I know you're going to want to say cheese. Like just, I thought no, you were going to say, be- beverage. say Yeah, well, beverage is standard. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really like sausage balls. <laughs> what? So, yeah. The cheese, sausage cheese in a ball? You don't know? I have no idea what you're talking about now. A sausage ball? Oh I have my, no now, idea what a sausage. Everybody, is. get on McCalvey. Are you kidding me? Is that a, maybe <laughs> I thought it's you were a making thing. like a, a Alec no, no, no. Baldwin SNL joke? <laughs> Everyone loves my sweaty. No, I. Uh, <laughs> no, this is like a staple in the South. Maybe it's it's in. Okay. Yeah, you get sausage and cheese and flour. I don't know how to bake, and then you put it in the oven, and oh man, they're fantastic. Oh, that's the best thing. And then you can make it with like spicy sausage. Oh, it's so good. 
well, I'm going to put this on my menu and try to like send, send me a recipe can... and I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. Here I go. To... <laughs> I don't have a recipe. It's not that hard. We don't have any recipes in our house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I will say that the McCalvey family tradition is steaks on Christmas Eve. Oh, so yeah. for me, I think of like steaks. What about it? I mean, what about a side? Like, what, what's on? What goes on the side of a steak for you? Uh, whatever my mom, <laughs> whatever my mom makes. Meatloaf. It's mom! always good. Mom, the meatloaf. We want yeah, it now. She always <laughs> makes like a really, really nice dinner on Christmas Eve because for us it's yeah. a small group, and then we go to like the family thing late. Like everybody does their individual, you know, whatever you do as a immediate family, and then you you go out and have the big family gathering. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really late. And the Calvi one's known for going pretty late yeah nice so anyway yeah cool. a good steak i mean who can beat a good steak can't except for sausage balls <laughs> <laughs> well i hope everyone enjoys their sausage balls this holiday season and i also hope you enjoyed uh, this little podcast of ours that's all the time we have we were timely today i like it yeah. don't forget to follow us because we're still uh talking baseball throughout the off season you can find Tim Dillard at Dim Tillard on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Adam McCalvey on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And make sure you're following the Brewers on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which I'm sure Tim is really involved in. I can't figure TikTok out. I have it, but I don't know what I'm doing. So if anybody wants to help me, message me on Twitter on how I can get better. Give Tim some TikTok, TikTok yeah. tips for the holidays. And we will see you soon. Thanks, everybody. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.